This is Joshua Miron's conversation with ECE CEO Justin Johns here on Q Media's On Demand. And I got a special guest here on the phone with me today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Morning, Josh. Justin Johns, President and CEO of East Central Energy. Happy to be here with you. And now, just is this the this is what the second time we've talked now? It is, yeah. We talked a few months ago. Uh, Steve Schertz, the former president and CEO, was retiring at the time. I think that was uh, it was sometime late summer, and and uh, we had a great conversation. So yeah, it's the second time we've gotten together. Uh, have you uh, settled into your new position then? You know, I have. It's uh, it's an interesting time to take on a role like this, and mm-hmm. and uh, frankly, being an internal candidate had some advantages in terms of knowing everybody and being able to kind of settle in and. We have a strong staff, good professional people who know how to do their job, and that that makes my job a little bit easier. Uh, you, you don't have to probably, I don't have to provide a lot of direct oversight. It's more about establishing a long-range plan, and so we're working through some of that now and doing some hiring for, for some retirements that are happening in our executive team. and And uh, it's it's an interesting time, but but I'm really enjoying it. Well, let's talk about uh, what's going on, I guess, in the co-op as a whole and how it affects the members. Yeah, so one of the biggest things that our members have probably heard of lately is Great River Energy, our wholesale power provider. They're in the process of shutting down uh, their largest generation asset, which is Coal Creek Station out in North Dakota. And that's an 1,100-megawatt coal-fired power plant that uh, has been in operation for quite some time and was expected to run for quite a bit longer. But uh, it's being shut down because, from a financial perspective, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense to operate anymore. And so... With that comes a lot of change. Uh, that's, a, that's a major part of their generation asset, and they're transitioning towards a lot of wind, a lot of renewables and wind contracts that are, frankly, a lot lower cost than, than coal generation. And so that transition brings with it some questions. Uh, members are wondering about reliability and about our ability to provide uh, consistent, consistent power uh, when the wind's not blowing or the sun's not shining. And so uh, I want to remind members or, or, I guess, reassure them that Great River Energy participates in what's called the MISO market. And the MISO market is uh, a kind of a potluck of energy resources, and, and GRE is just one small part of that. In fact, Coal Creek Station represents only about 1% of the total portfolio of the MISO market, and so it's a blip on the radar for the MISO market, and, and our members can rest assured that their power supply is going to be reliable and affordable uh, as we go along. So really nothing to worry about on that end. It's just changing a few things up that shouldn't really overall f- affect the bill in any way. Right. It's, a, it's an overall positive message. Uh, unfortunately, there are a considerable number of employees of Great River Energy as well as the Falkirk Mine, which is uh, located right next to the power plant, that are going to be losing their jobs. And so Great River Energy is doing their part to make sure that those folks are afforded uh, re-education for new careers, uh, severance packages, and that they're well taken care of. You know, as you can imagine, Josh, there's not a lot of jobs in that area uh, outside of the energy sector. And so, you know, the impact of these employees of Great River Energy is significant. And uh, I also want our members to understand that Great River Energy is being very compassionate in that process, making sure that those folks are well cared for as they transition into new careers or Frankly, some of them are considering retirement because they're nearing that age. Well, and hopefully the severance package there on that will help them retire maybe just a little bit earlier than they had planned. Yeah, I'm sure that's an option for some of them. Let's talk about, um, unfortunately, we pretty much have to, I guess, these days, talk about COVID and what are you guys doing as EC as a whole dealing with that? 
Yeah, it's kind of the topic du jour, isn't it, Josh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we are um, obviously an essential service. People are uh, expecting to have their electricity available to them regardless of what's going on, especially during a pandemic, right? A lot of people working from home, a lot of people depending on both electricity and the Internet at this point, more than they probably have in a long time. And winter's a, a big deal in Minnesota when it comes to providing electricity. And so uh, I want people to, to know that we are taking what I consider to be best-in-class procedures uh, and precautions to keep our employees safe and our members safe as we work. Uh, our line crews are working uh, generally one person per truck. Most of our employees are working from home. Our, our office employees are working from home. We're able to take calls and deal with members just the way we have in the past, but doing it remotely. And that's, that's due to some pretty, pretty outrageous effort by uh, our employees to uh, be flexible and to work with members. And so uh, I believe we're doing everything we can to keep uh, our employees safe, which, which then allows us to provide um, you know, best-in-class service to our members with good reliability. And, you know, on a personal note, Josh, I'm actually quarantined at home right now, so the boss is away and, and everyone else is, is still working. But but in all seriousness, um, my daughter uh, contracted COVID, and so she's actually getting out of the moral hospital today because she has mono, not because she has COVID. But um, so my family and I, we're going to be quarantined for two weeks, and, and, it, and it's, it's amazing the, the, the world we live in today because I'm able, through the use of Internet, to basically facilitate the entire um, role that I that I have uh, from home. And, and it's a great thing uh, to be able to do that in today's uh, era. Now let's uh, turn the table here a little bit to talk about uh, how politics and cooperatives kind of work together. Yeah, well, the other topic du jour, right, has been mm-hmm. politics. And, and uh, we just went through a pretty major election. And I think sometimes folks wonder, you know, maybe, you know, how, how cooperatives are, are influenced by that. And the reality is, you know, cooperatives were formed back in the late 30s um, as part of the New Deal. And, and we brought electricity to rural America because of funding that was provided by the federal government um, through the RUS program. And so we, there's a saying that we were born in the, co-op, in, the, um, in the legislative arena and we can die in the legislative arena. And so it's important for, politic, or for uh, cooperatives to stay engaged in the political process. We work with our legislators in St. Paul and Washington, D.C., to ensure that our members are um, represented on energy topics. And, and, and it's interesting because depending on who's in power in Minnesota or who's in power in Washington, D.C., we, we try to find initiatives that those folks are interested in and work with them to help achieve the goals of our members. And, and so I always, I always remind our legislators that Many times they're only required to represent 51% of the membership, but we're required to represent 100% of it. And that gives us some good flexibility in working with these folks and just reminding them of the impact of the things that they're doing and how it uh, makes a difference in rural Minnesota. Yeah, they can't forget about the fact that uh, we have to power the whole state and not just certain areas. Right. There's, and as you know, in politics today, there's a, there's a lot of divide between urban and rural. It's not always DNR anymore. And so... We bring an important voice, I think, to St. Paul and to Washington, D.C. when working with our legislators and, and just uh, making them aware of, of how different bills might impact uh, the folks that we serve. Well, was there anything else you wanted to talk about here for uh, ECE-wise? Well, Josh, I just wanted to let everybody know that you know ECE has had a very strong financial year in 2020. And uh, you know, as you might imagine, some of our small businesses, their energy usage has dropped significantly. Uh, but that's been bolstered by folks working from home. 
residential energy use is at, a, at nearly an all-time high. We're seeing a lot of energy use, and that has resulted in excess margins for the co-op. And so I'm proud to say that on Friday our directors voted to return two cost of basics to all of our members. So all of our residential members will see a $60.50 credit on their bills due in July. And so that's, I think, great news. Uh, as a cooperative, we are an at-cost provider. So any excess margins that we realize during the year are returned back to our members, uh, usually as capital credits, but in this case we're going to be giving it back as a direct credit on their bill. And so I think that's a great uh, great news around the holidays. gives people a little bit of uh, money in their pockets, hopefully, and, and just uh, helps them realize the value of cooperative membership. Well, then at least you you might want to end on that one because that sounds like a pretty positive note to end on, huh? I think it's pretty exciting news, <laughs> and I'm really proud to lead a cooperative that, that really does represent the interests of its members and, and uh, to be a part of something that uh, really helps uh, rural Minnesota stay vibrant and uh, helps people realize uh, good value in their lives. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining me here on the air today, and uh, we'll probably talk to you next month. All right, Josh. Take care. You have been listening to a Q Media Group production.